Masechet Yoma Daf Heh. We are beginning with this question, Mai Benayhu. We ended yesterday with a, with a machloket between Rabbi Yochanan and Rabbi Chanina. And the question was, um, regarding all the instructions for the inauguration of the Mishkan that are men- mentioned in Vayikra chapter 8. It's a whole long list of lots of instructions. The question is, let's say they didn't do one of them. They skipped for some reason some of the, some of the details. Then is it, does it invalidate those offerings? Or, well, you're supposed to do it, but if you didn't do it, it's okay. That's the question. And so according to Rabbi Yochanan, Everything that's written, every single detail is absolutely a prerequisite. It's obligatory. Uh, and if you don't do them, no good. According to the Bichanina, those matters, some details are necessary. Some details, if you didn't do them, it's okay. How do, what does it depend on? The future generations, anything that in future generations, that if you didn't do it, it does not invalidate. So too, on inauguration day, it does not invalidate. Uh, that's what we're talking about. And now for our first question is, my Benayhu, give me some practical cases that Rabbi Yochanan and Rabbi Chanina would actually uh, dis- disagree on. The English translation here is incorrect. This is a Shakish, it should say Rabbi Chanina. So here's an outline of what we're gonna, going to see today. Uh, first, four answers to the, this question of uh, things that do not invalidate if skipped, according to Rabbi Chanina and we'll see all sources for each one. And then we'll find a source for Rabbi Yochanan, who says that they do invalidate if you don't do it. There's a tangent on that. And we'll end with an issue of how to dress the Kohanim, what order uh, to do that in. Okay, so we begin. My Benayhu, Amad of Yosef, Simicha, Ika Benayhu. Simicha doesn't mean making the animal a rabbi, but rather putting your hands on the animal in order to designate, right? This is in my place and pushes down on the animal. So Simicha is said all over the place regarding, regarding many, many korbanot. In Vayikra chapter 8, the inauguration, it says actually a few times, here's one, Vayigash et parachatat. So there you go. You have to do simicha uh, in Vayikra. Now, what if you didn't do it? Well, that's that would be a distinction between these two sages. Who says everything written there is necessary? Then, yep. If you didn't do it, then that korban is no good. Got to go get another one. Do simicha. According to the opinion who said that something that is, does not invalidate in future generations, so simicha does not invalidate in future generations, right? Later on, in times of Beit Hamikdash, you're supposed to do it. If you didn't do it, doesn't validate. So too, and that first inauguration also it does not invalidate. The inauguration has the same laws as the other ones. That's to be chanina. Now, how do you know in the first place that in future generations, semicha uh, you should do semicha, but if you didn't, it doesn't invalidate. We learn it from this pasuk: the tanya v'samach v'nirsa. That comes right from the beginning of Ayikra, just the basic laws of, of, uh, of Korbanot. You have to do it. And it says, um, he does, uh, whoever, whoever brings it, puts his hands on it, and then it will be acceptable to, to on his behalf, and he'll be atoned thereby, which makes it suggest that the Semicha is required in order to for the Korban to achieve atonement. Now we ask, really, does putting your hands on, is that what achieves atonement? Rather, the, really the main part 
the essential, most essential part of the korban sacrifice is the blood, putting the blood on the mizbeach. And as it says, that will be atonement, the blood. So therefore, since it's the blood is the main thing, then we now we know that semicha is not. So why does the pasuk say that a semicha is what's going to be mechaper? So this the pasuk regarding semichas tells you that if you did not if you made the semicha as a peripheral aspect of the mitzvah, they say yeah, it's a nice thing to do, and you didn't treat it seriously. Um, so and if you didn't do it, then the Torah is saying it's as if you don't don't get atonement, but you really do get atonement. Okay, so basically. The sprinkling of the blood is the absolute requirement. That's what achieves atonement. Nevertheless, the Torah adds on, semicha is what achieves atonement to emphasize how important it is that it's, you, you will achieve, you'll achieve atonement just by the blood. The blood is the only thing that really matters. But if you don't do semicha, then it's not optimal. It's a little bit less. And so it's as if you don't get atonement. But you actually, you wouldn't have to bring another korban, for example, if you didn't, if you missed out on the semicha. Um, good. So that is one opinion. Now, second opinion. They're not necessarily disagreeing with each other. It could be all of these are uh, examples of difference of what they would argue on. Tinufa. Tinufa means waving, right? Certain parts of the animal, like the uh, the right thigh and the chest, the animal, the uh, the Kohen would wave it up and down, back and forth, like we do for Lulav. Uh, so regarding Tinufa, in the, or during inauguration day in Vayikra chapter 8, says, so there you go. Now, uh, we're going to go through the same exercise here. According to Rabbi Yochanan, right, it's required. Uh, that in the future, if you didn't do the waving, you're supposed to do the waving, but if you didn't do it, it doesn't validate. So to on inauguration day, it does not invalidate. How do you even know that for future generations, it does not invalidate? <coughs> right? This pasuk says, um, not this pasuk, but uh, um, in later in 14, it says, um, this is actually in Parashat HaShavua regarding the Mesorah. Uh, he brings a, a, a sacrifice and he's supposed to wave it and that will atone. Now, does waving achieve atonement? It's really the blood. So, then why did the Pasuk say waving it and then you'll get atonement? Same answer. That um, really, it's the blood is the only thing that matters. That will achieve atonement. Nevertheless, to notice that you should take the waving seriously, it says if you don't do the waving, it's like you don't get atonement, but only like. You really do get atonement. You don't have to go back and do, do the korban again. Okay, third uh, case. Rav Papa Amar, Pirishat Shiva Ika Benaihu. It's the uh, the Kohen sequestering in the Mikdash for seven days. That is uh, the difference between them. Is that an absolute uh, re- requirement? Invalidates if he doesn't do that or not? According to the one who says anything written in the par- in the paragraph about an inauguration, then yes, it invalidates. If the Kohanim did not separate for seven days before inauguration, then anything they did would have been invalid. 
למאן דאמר, דבר שאינו מקבל לדורות, אלא מקבלהן, למה עקבה. קוראים לזה אופיניון, זה משהו שלא מבטיח את הבאות הגנרציות, הבאות הגנרציות, למשל, על יום כיפור, לפני יום כיפור, הוא צריך לסקוויסטר, ובאופיניון, the sequestering is not absolutely necessary. We saw this argument above. This is what Resh Lakish challenged the Be'ochanan with. In our Mishnah, right, all the way, the first Mishnah of, of Masechet Yoma, it says that they, um, they designate a Segan, a vice Kohen Gadol, just in case the Kohen Gadol uh, becomes uh, is uh, becomes tamei or pasul. So he says that we designate him. Doesn't say that mafrishin that we separate him. So therefore, should the kohen gadol become pasul and the the second in command comes and and uh, he, the second in command didn't get didn't wasn't sequestered for seven days yet he can still serve. So that shows you that not serving does not invalidate. Good. That's the third answer. Fourth answer. Ravi Naamari boy shiva. Ravina says that during those seven days of sequestration, the Kohen has to have a ribui, that means multiple garments. So the Kohen Gadol would have to wear all of his uh, special, eight, all eight special garments every day, put them on, take them off each of the seven days. It kind of gets used to wearing them, that, that initiates him. And also Meshicha, which means anointing, um, anointing, right? The word Mashiach, uh, means that he who is anointed. So who gets anointed? Kohanim, also kings. So that's why Mashiach, who's going to be a king, is called Mashiach. So Mashiacha of the Kohen for all seven days when he's sequestered, that, is the, uh, that would be another example of a distinction between these two opinions. According to the opinion that says anything written regard, in Leviticus 8 regarding inauguration day, uh, is required, then it's absolutely required. But according to the other opinion, who says that in the future, anything in the future that's not, uh, does not invalidate, also does not invalidate on inauguration day, then it would not invalidate if they didn't do that all seven days. Okay, now we're gonna ask, what's the source? How do you know that in future generations, it's not me'akev? This is Leviticus 16, the instructions for Yom Kippur. So on those, on those instructions says that the Kohen, who yimshach oto, who gets anointed, and v'asher yimale et yado. Now yimale et yado literally means to fill his hands, but it means somehow to consecrate him, make him ready that now his hands will be, will be ready. So and what, what does that actually mean in practice? That means putting on the special clothing, the clothing of the Kohen Gadol. So yimale et yado means wearing, the, wearing those begadim. Lechahen tachat aviv. So in other words, even if, if he, when the next son takes over after the previous Kohen. Um, so, uh, so, uh, so this pasuk, why do we need it? What is this coming to teach us? Don't we have another pasuk in Shemot 29, right? In Parashat Tesaveh. Parashat Tesaveh is where it has all the instructions of how to, how to manufacture uh, all of the garments of the Kohen and Kohen Gadol. And there it says, For seven days, you address uh, the Kohen uh, the, and, and his son who will come after him. So I already know that has to be for seven days from this pasuk. 
Now, enli ela nitraba shivav nimshach shiva, nitraba shivav nimshach yom echad, nitraba yom echad nimshach shiva minayin, tamod omar, asher nimshach yadov, asher nimale et yadov mikomakom. So from the Pasuk in Shemot, I know it has to be seven days for both anointing and dressing. Now, I only know that. What about if you didn't have all seven days? Let's say it's seven days dressing, but only one day anointing. Seven days anointing, but only one day did you put on his, his begadim. Is it still okay? Yes. And that's the pasuk in Vayikra regarding, regarding uh, uh, Yom Kippur. It says, Hashem It doesn't say how many days. So we assume that it's just one day. So even therefore, even if you did it one day, it's still okay. So that's how we know that in future generations, even when you're supposed to do seven days during the seven days that the Kohen Gadol is separate, if you didn't, if you didn't uh, put on his clothes every day and anoint every day, it's still fine. And therefore, according to the Bichanina, on inauguration time, also, if they didn't do it every day, it's still valid. All right, so now from this Pasuk, from the Pasuk in Shemot, that was talking about uh, um, putting on the, his clothing all seven days. So now we know that you should put on the clothing seven days, right? Um, if you didn't, it's okay. Um, but what about anointing? The Pasuk there in Shemot didn't say anything about anointing. So what's the source that the Kohen should get anointed all seven days that he separated? Two answers. One answer is from this Pasuk up here in, in uh, Vayikra, since it says that you, uh, that you have to anoint him, and we needed this pasuk in comparison with the other one to say, yes, even less than seven is okay. So therefore, you can infer that, that ideally it should be all seven. Right, there is in fact another pasuk in Shemot that says, it's a pasuk right before this one. Kodesh. Um, so these garments will be for him and after him. Lemoshcha bahem. Right there, you go to be anointed in them. Ulmale bam et yadam. Ulmale yadam, which means uh, which means uh, getting dressed. Right. Male uh, yado means the putting on the clothing. So there you go. They're back to back. The anointing and and the, and the clothing. So therefore, we learn that. Um, the Kohen should wear his clothes each and every day of inauguration and put on and be anointed each and every day of inauguration of the uh, when he separated the diavad according to the that's okay if he didn't and in future generations also it should be every day before Yom Kippur but if he didn't then it's okay all right that's uh, that's uh, a um, now we're going to go to the next section of what's a source for the Biochanan. Biochanan says that all these items are in fact required. Uh, so let's see. My Tama me'akev. Right? It's invalid if you skip any of the details of inauguration day, uh, the, the week before inauguration. Right? And skip any of the details is no good. Kacha ikubahu. So in Shemot 29, Shemot 29 is where it gives the instructions. When you consecrate the Kohanim, this is how you're going to do it. So that's the, like the instruction part in Shemot. When they actually do it is in Vayikra. So in the instructions, it says, do it kacha, like this. What do you mean like this? Precisely like this. You have to. Otherwise, it's invalid. Okay, fine. So that works for anything that's mentioned in Shemot in the instruction part. However, what if some things, not, things that are not mentioned in the instruction part, 
but that they do do in Vayikra, but it's not mentioned in, in Shemot, are those also invalid if you didn't do them? Uh, she says, for example, uh, putting the Urim Vitumim in the breastplate, it's not mentioned in Shemot, but you know that they're going to have to do it. All right, so is that absolutely necessary? Amar, Amnachman, Barishak, Yalef, Petach, Petach. He says, yes, because the word Petach, Petach al Moed, is mentioned in both places, in Shemot, in the instructions, and in Vayikra. So therefore, we connect the two and say, um, even if it's not mentioned, we take that kacha and move it over, uh, transfer it, and yes, anything anything that we're supposed to do is invalidates if they don't. That's one answer. Another answer, we're going to have a couple. So this, these are the pesukim in Vayikra 8 that you already know uh, 33 and 34. 34 is a pasuk all the way above. This is the extra pasuk that teaches us, just like he separates for seven days back then for inauguration, so too in the future you're going to separate. That was uh, Rabbi Yochanan's source uh, that uh, for, for Yom Kippur he has to separate. Uh, but then the next pasuk after that, 35, uh, uh, repeats. Stay there for seven days. So make sure to do this, um, and then you won't die, as I, um, as you were commanded. Um, so, well, that's pretty. That's pretty strong, and won't die. So, yeah, that that kind of suggests that it is in fact invalid, right? You want to you want to certainly make sure if it's something that's going to be a capital case. Um, okay, so therefore we learn it from the word ushmartem. Not from the word ushmartem, but rather from the same pasuk because I commanded it. If you emphasize that I commanded it, then certainly that must be something that is very important. I mean, you know, Moshe tells a lot, it gives a lot of laws. Not for everyone does he says as as was commanded. So if it says that, then it must be that it is essential. Okay, so we have like uh, three or four here different answers uh, for the Biochanan, how he knows that uh, anything mentioned, anything in the list, all the instructions are uh, absolute requirements. Now, since you mentioned this phrase, Kichen Suveti, here's a tangent, another time that it appears. Uh, it actually appears three times in this chapter. These are all in Leviticus chapter 10. There's a mistake here, it's quoting uh, chapter 8, but these they're all in 10. Uh, where it says, Tenor banan, kichen suveti, kasher siveti, kasher siva Adonai. So here's the context. So we could, it's, uh, this is the famous story. This is the beginning of Parashat Shemini, where right in the beginning, um, uh, Nadav and Avihu uh, are, are, are killed because they bring the Esh Zara. And then the very next line, the, the very next uh, paragraph is, Hashem, uh, Moshe tells, Aaron and Elazar, um, go and take these offerings and eat them, right? Kichen suveti. So this is talking about the uh, the mincha, right? So you better eat them. So in other words, even though the his the other the brothers and Aaron are now in in mourning, they're oninim, right? Onen onen is the first day when the person uh, when a, a relative dies before the burial. That's called onen, um, acute a, a, a cube, a cube, a, a time of mourning. And nevertheless, even though they're in mourning, Moshe says, make sure to eat those uh, eat the mincha, because that's uh, that's what was commanded. And then he goes on and talks about the uh, the other offering and says um, the the shelamim and take that and wave it and and eat it. 
Kasher Sivadonai, as God commanded. Right, and then we have the famous story here, the Sir HaChatat, the Sir HaChatat, that would have, would have been for Rosh Chodesh. Uh, Moshe is looking for it, and they say, he sees that Aharon burnt it, and Moshe gets angry, right? You know, every time Moshe gets angry, he, uh, as Midrash says, he comes to error. So Moshe gets angry at them and says, right, why didn't you eat the HaChatat? You're supposed to eat it. Why'd you burn it? Um, right, uh, and so on, and, and he ends, kasher siviti, right, you should have eaten it, achot tochlu, atab ha-kodesh, kasher siviti, you're supposed to have eaten it. The next, the next line, Aaron says, wait, such a sad day today, that we think it would be appropriate to eat, and Moshe says, you're right, I made a mistake, okay? So regarding the others, yes, they should have eaten, eaten the, uh, the, the mincha, but regarding the seyir of Rosh Chodesh, Moshe, even though he said, God said so, in fact, uh, he was mistaken regarding that. And that's a lesson about not getting angry. Okay, so here's the three places where it says this. And now this means Ash is going to wonder why, what are each of these three, three places asked, uh, teaching us? So the first one is to say that that mincha should be in, even though they are in an onen status. And the next one, kasher siveti b'sha'at ma'aseh So this, since it just happened, he's telling them, well, let's look, this just happened, so you better eat it. Kasher sivadonai v'lo me'elayani omed. This is the third time he wants to say, I didn't make this up, right? I received these instructions from HaKadosh Baruch Hu, and therefore, um, this is authorized, and you must eat it, even though you are on a name. Okay, good. Now, um, now we get to the last topic, uh, which is regarding the um, how the Kohanim were dressed. Um, so that first uh, during inauguration, Moshe was would, would dress the Kohanim right and show them. First of all, show them where everything goes, uh, but also that's part of their uh, inauguration that they're first putting on their uniforms. Okay, so in the parasha in Shemot, where it lists all the all the begadim, right? The regular Kohen has four, Kohen Gadol has eight. Well, one of the things that everybody has to wear are pants. And yet, when it goes and says you should dress the Kohanim, it doesn't mention when you put their pants on. So what are they going to go without pants? Rather, they must, must be there somewhere. So we learn from the extra vizze, and this is what you should tell them, that that extra vav comes to say, and also uh, also show them when and uh, you know the order to put on their pants, and also asiri taifa that on inauguration day a kohen brings asiri taifa. We saw this uh, a few times in Masechet Pesachim that the kohen gadol every day of his life, every day that he serves, bring asiri taifa, but also. Every Kohen on, this, on his, in his inauguration day, right, whenever it is, brings an Asiri Taifa. So we learn two things from this word Vizeh, the Vav. Now we question this. I understand that the Vav is coming to add pants. That makes sense because that's what this whole paragraph is talking about, other types of clothing. So if you say, oh, and something else too, then I could understand why that would make, make sense that it's talking about the, uh, the garments. But what, from where to where did you get that the Vav in the context of garments is talking about a mincha offering that they should bring? So the answer is, In chapter 6, where it does talk about the it says, 
Korban uh, Aharon. So we link that vizet to this vizet and therefore teach that the Kohen, not only the Kohen Gadol every day of his service, but also uh, any Kohen who is inaugurated on his first day of work has to bring an Asiri Ta'ifah. This is what about also reading reading the Torah? We know from Yom Kippur Avodah, right, that, uh, that one of the things that the Kohen Gadol will do is he would take out a Sefer Torah and read, right, the relevant chapter to the people. And apparently also on, uh, during the inauguration, he read something. So how do we know that he does that and that that's abs- it's invalid if he doesn't? That pasuk a five again in context of inauguration. If you look, it's it's uh, it's curious because it says Moshe told the Ada, this is what you should do, and then the next line is then Moshe went and did something. He didn't tell them anything. There's no content, right? You we expect there to be a paragraph. Moshe said, here's what you should do, and given some instructions. Since there's no content there, we so we understand that this zehadavad is a reading that Moshe does. Um, uh, during that time. So therefore, that reading is a requirement. And I guess also for Yom Kippur, um, if you make that link, it would be a requ- uh, it would it would be something that's done on Yom Kippur. Um, all right, Kesad Hilbishan. So now the question is: In what order did Moshe dress the Kohanim and the and the and the, uh, and the Kohen Gadol Aharon? Kesad. So we ask: What kind of question is this? Kesad Hilbishan. Why are you asking how he or how he dressed them? However he dressed them, what's the difference, right? It's something that happened one time, and they figured out some way. No, we want to know in the future resurrection, right? Moshe and Aaron are going to come again and have to be reintroduced, reinaugurated, because, uh, you know, it's uh, uh, next time around. So we, we need to know for the future. Well, that's also not a good question. When they come, they'll figure it out. Moshe will remember the way he did it the first time. He'll do it again. Like, what kind of theoretical question is this? Rather, what we want to know is how to explain the Pesukim, because there are Pesukim that are relevant to this, that give the details, and we want to know the, specifically the order. The key is not whether they put their pants on or socks on for the question is, did they dress Aharon and then every, all the, everybody else, or did Moshe dress Aharon and all the Kohanim and one at the same time? And here's the Machloket. Regarding the, 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 the tunic and the miter on his head, um, there everyone agrees that Aharon would go first and then everybody else. Aharon is much more important. We got to show him this kavod there. Because there, both in the section of commandments and in the command in the section when they actually did it. So here again, in Shemot 29, we have a list of commandments. When you inaugurate them, this is how you should dress them. And then in Vayikra 8 are, is the actual fulfillment. So both in the commandment and the fulfillment chapters, um, it says Aharon first. Okay, good. The question is, the question is regarding the belt. The manda amad or sash manda amad aharon ve'achad kach banav dichtiv ve'achgor oto ba'avnet ba'dar ketiv ve'achgor otam 
Ba'avnet. So in Vayikra, there's two Pesukim, 8.7 and 8.13. First, it says that Moshe put the belt on him, that's Aharon, and then it says he put the belt on them, that's all the other Kohanim. So that's a proof for the opinion that says, first Aharon and then everyone else. And the opinion says that they were all dressed at the same time. Um, the Pasuk in Shemot says, you will, you shall uh, put the belt on them. That's it. It says all of them, which sounds like all of them at once. And it doesn't specify Adon has to be first, but any order. Okay. Now we have a question. It's really a contradiction between Shemot and Vayikra. Uh, so which one are you going to do? Vayikra sounds like first Adon, then everybody else. And Shemot sounds like all at the same time. So what's each opinion going to do with the other Pasuk? Uh, if you say they're all at once, what are you going to do with the Pesukim in Shemot, when he actually, in Vayikra, when he actually does it, and it says they're, they're one after the other? How is he going to explain that Pasuk? Oh, this comes to teach me that the Kohen Gadol and the regular Kohanim did not wear the same belt. Regarding Kohen Gadol, it says that his, his belt was made with techelet and argaman, it had blue in it. Regarding all the Kohan, other Kohanim, it doesn't say anything. So therefore, we learn from this Pasuk that there is a distinction between them. Only the Kohen Gadol has a blue belt, everybody else has a white belt. Uh, but in fact, it was just teaching us the distinction between the belts, not the order. But they, they put the belts on at the same time. And that's the reason why in Vayikra has two Pesukim, because he had to make sure this belt goes for him and those belts go for them. We'll just do two more paragraphs to finish this topic. And according to the opinion that says, no, there was an order, first Aaron and then everybody else. So then why in the instructions does it say, put the belt on them, all of them? Why doesn't it say in the instruction to put on one first? It's to teach me the opposite thing regarding the color, that even though it only says regarding the belt of the Kohen Gadol that that's blue, it doesn't say anything regarding the other Kohanim, by saying that put the belt on them, just all of them at once, that teaches me that they are all the same color, they're all blue. Um, but it's not saying anything about the order. So in that case, why do you have to say that it puts one and then the others? And so therefore, the Pesukim in uh, in Vayikra, when they're actually doing it, teaches you that Haron has to be first, and then the children. After all, can you do it? Uh, can you do it at once? Right? You can't. You can't. Moshe can't do everything at once. But rather, it's teaching us, teach me, separating Haron to say Haron is first. He's more important, and you know he serves as a model. And then once he's done, then we put on the belts of everyone else. So really, this whole half today was uh, mostly uh, uh, details of the inauguration day uh, before the Mishkan, which serves as a model for Yom Kippur. And uh, tomorrow we'll get back to explaining our Mishnah and the reason, specific reason why they, uh, they separate the Kohen Gadol seven days before Yom Kippur.